Uh, welcome to our podcast this week. We, uh, we threw out a little question for you all some time ago, asking uh, what you wanted to hear more about in our podcasts. And this week, we got a question saying, I'd like to know about things to take, for example, vitamins and things to do that will give me more energy. What supplements would help? Well, we thought this was a great question because, in fact, energy and fatigue is uh, a massive conversation in our culture these days. And aren't we busy? We're all very busy. Very, very, very busy. Busyness. The glorification of busyness. So that means that we're always looking for ways to um, get more energy and push through and get our goals ticked off for the day. And... um, yeah, uh, energy is a huge, um, what should we say, currency, if you like. It, it, it lets us achieve our goals, be successful, um, have it all. So there is something inherently flawed in the way of thinking, how can I get more energy? Because the law of energy says um, energy can't be created and it can't be destroyed. So where where does that leave us? Well, we can transform energy. We can drain energy. We can replenish energy and we can transform energy. Can we get more energy? Well, most humans already have all the energy they need. Uh, The key is in learning to manage that energy better. So if we can approach it from rather than thinking, how can I get more it's a little bit like if you, uh, if you have, say, a, a bucket and you fill it. Well, you can't overfill it with water. However, you can drain it. You can replenish it. Um, so if we look at how we manage our energy better, then that will actually give us the basis for coming up with some more uh, healthy and sustainable uh, ways of feeling vital and full of energy because let's face it we all use fake fixes um so you know red bull caffeine uh supplements vitamins ginseng um and yes you can power yourself with caffeine um but you're doing this at a great cost to your nervous system um it's 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 not clean energy uh clean energy is your power from within So not energy sort of uh, going into overdraft, if you like, (laughs) of borrowing energy from outside. This will come at a great cost. Um, So, Chris, I'm I'm just uh, really interested in your thoughts on, you know, when we when we borrow fake energy, if you like, um, what what is this doing to our nervous system, to our adrenals, for example? Mm. Well, you gave a good analogy there of a bucket leaking, and uh, I like that a lot because really, uh, you know, you do have to look more at where you're where you're losing energy. It's not the fact that we need need more energy, and in fact, uh, people's general complaint is um, that you know, or, or what people want is that they want to have more energy, um, and it's quite it's common to go for such things, you know, like you've said before, like different supplements, caffeine, Red Bull, in order to kind of give you that energy. Um, 
but you know realistically is that just um like a, a little false plaster that somebody's trying to uh, you know to put to put over something that could actually be you know easily solved by looking at some lifestyle related um issues now one of the first things that I get to a client to look at or when I'm doing like a little health audit with someone, if they say that they're low in energy, that initially rings a little buzzer in my brain that says, okay, let's have a look at what this person is doing in their lifestyle. And the first place I want to go to is your sleep and things that, um, you know, how you're recovering uh, during your day. And it's really, really common these days for people to stay up late um, to be on laptops and um, their mobile devices or tablets, watching TV, um, and you know, staying staying up a, a lot, lot later, having disruptive sleep, waking up regularly during the night. You know, these are actually common things, but it's not normal. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and then people usually have the complaint of saying that they have. Um, no energy or they feel really sleepy or tired when they wake up in the morning it takes them a long time to kind of get into their groove through the day um and then they they would say i, I have a lot of energy later at night and i you know as we've talked in previous episodes the body adapts to uh you know different environments that we put our body in so if we're going to bed constantly later and later and later then the body just adapts to that. So is it that we have more energy late at night or has the body learned that, well, you know, you, you know, I stay up later and later. So therefore I need energy for that. And I get up later and later. So when the demand is there that I need to wake up earlier, I just haven't got the energy for it because usually I sleep at this time. So, you know, these are some of the things that I generally tend to look at before I try and throw a, you know, a supplement into the mix, um, which there are some good supplements that can help to balance energy. I wouldn't say that there's any um, supplements that give you energy, but it's Mm. more to do with um, trying to balance the system and, you know, trying to, you know, using your analogy again, trying to fix the holes in the bucket so that you're able to hold on to the energy that your body's producing on a day-to-day basis. So, yeah, and I, and I think it's um, a common thing that actually uh, a lot of people don't know where their natural energy level is hmm. because we're always pushing through things or, uh, like you say, um, using the sticking plaster of supplements until the body, I mean, you know, if, the, if you're feeling chronic fatigue or low energy that's your body saying help that's your body saying um Houston, we have a problem mm. um if you're having low energy and chronic fatigue constantly that's usually a warning sign of, of of more serious issues it could be something like diabetes it could be an autoimmune disease it could be stress it could be lack of sunlight or uh it, it could be genetic it could be a virus or low thyroid or a food allergy um there's a whole host of things and yet people are looking to attack the fatigue rather than thinking what's the fatigue pointing to Mm, yeah I completely agree and it's um everyone's got a different set point of tiredness as well so it's not just that everyone that's tired has the same 
symptoms or the same, um, uh, you know, causes, you have to really get to the root of what your, uh, you know, your, where, where your energy drains are coming from. And like you touched mm-hmm. on there, it could be that you've got some stress going on in your life, which could be physical. It could be uh, like some people um, exercise seven days a week doing um, high intensity training, um, you know, uh, which these, these uh, you know, boot camp style classes are popping up left, right and center now. And you know, they're, they're a great way to get some high intensity exercise in. But if the person is already stressed and they have a stressful job and they're not eating enough uh, to recover their system and their sleep is poor, then it's just another stressor to put in the top of that bucket. And yeah, um, or, or should I say it's just a it's another hole in the bucket, really. <laughs> you know. yeah, exactly. Um, so, you know, we always think of exercise as being, you know, good, a good stress relief, but actually, you know, exercise is definitely a stressor on, on your, on your body. So you really have to look at your whole lifestyle. Um, and so, sometimes when I've been working with clients, I've, I've just done some very, very gentle exercise prescriptive things like um, stretching or breathing yoga or trying to just get their mind to switch off and, um, mm. you know, that they would hardly build up a sweat, but it helps to balance the system. And that is more useful than, uh, you know, trying to make them, you know, go for that calorie burn or to try and, you know, burn a certain number of calories, whatever, whatever you know, that, that is common for weight loss. It's not a simple thing of just, you know, get on the treadmill and pound it for half an hour and you're going to achieve your goals. It's, it's really a bit more complex than that. Um, yeah I think that any ways that we can um, encourage people to explore what supports the experience of energy because we can't energy is a funny thing we can't touch it we can't see it it's something we all have to experience so it's the individual who really has to get curious and, and and explore what's supporting that experience of their own energy um which is why it's sort of outside pills are, are such a limited strategy because it, it really has to be something a bit like you know only the individual can experience when they feel hunger or or a compulsion it's something i think people have to really get curious about and um start to look at what the body is trying to tell them is is it their set point is it that they are actually burning themselves out is it that they're constantly borrowing energy and borrowing power Mm. that 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 then is sort of stealing from the nervous system is it is it a thyroid issue is it dietary is it environmental is it stress um is it are they going through a a light a huge life change for example or you know there are so many factors Mm. Uh, it could be an allergy um so I think it rests in our individual hands to gently explore and just get curious. And we're often not curious because we kind of measure ourselves in competition or comparison with other people so much. It's like, well, I've got to achieve this goal and I've got to do this and that person can run a marathon. So can I. And we're always in this very competitive world. And actually, there's something about fatigue and energy that's that's calling us to, again, listen to our bodies our own individual bodies because we're the only people experiencing our unique symptoms yeah and um yeah i, I love the point that you just hit on there um which was something that i was going to bring up too which is comparison 
you know, if you compare yourself to people that are like running marathons or doing Ironmans and, uh, you know, doing ultra uh, endurance type events and thinking that that's a normal um, set point of energy, then, you know, it's it's setting the person up for failure because we each have to take where we are uh, as this is your normal right now. So that kind of links onto a, a, you know, good um, topic now. What is normal energy? And I think if we can look at what the body's natural circadian rhythms are towards what the sun and the moon are doing, you know, so what are day cycles and Mm. what are moon cycles? And it's a myth that we should like wake up in the morning with bounds of energy. You know, it's like when you first wake up in the morning, uh, you've just come out of a sleep state. So your body has to gradually, um, you know, come out of that state and, and start to pick up its energy. So I, I've not met a single person who will wake up in the morning and immediately has high energy. You know, it's a, it's a gradual thing that your body picks up throughout the course of the morning. So the one thing that we can be sure of, though, is if it takes you an hour to feel awake or you need coffee or stimulants first thing in the morning, then that's not a normal uh, set point of energy realistically after about 10 to 15 minutes of waking up in the morning you should feel awake you shouldn't feel tired and you shouldn't feel like you want to go back to sleep and if you do feel like that then you've probably got a few holes in the bucket that need need looking (laughs) at so that's that's a normal waking pattern and then through the course of the morning you should have a natural uh, increase in the hormone cortisol which is like a it's a stress hormone that can be good and bad um, if too much of it is is really bad, it's a it's a stress hormone and can cause tissue breakdown in the body. But we do need a certain amount of cortisol to to give us daily function to to give us, uh, you know, and that's part of the, the energy production to to do our work and to do our activities. And that should peak around sort of mid to late morning, um, towards lunchtime, and then it's cortisol then starts to taper off in the afternoon. So it's natural to have a slightly lower energy set point in the afternoon, but not to the point where somebody feels really, really tired and that they need to, you know, go to sleep. You know, they shouldn't feel as uh, mentally or physically stimulated as in the morning, but they definitely shouldn't be like falling asleep. And this is where, um, you know, our current lifestyles have been like, right, okay, I need something now mid-afternoon to give me that rise in uh, cortisol yeah. again or to kind of stimulate the system but the problem with that is that once we stimulate the adrenal glands which are partly responsible for producing these stress hormones or these like energy based hormones is that those um, uh, those glands the adrenal glands can become um, depleted over time you know they can get worn out and just like you as a whole system, if you're constantly running, you know, on, on um, you know, fumes, if you like, to put an analogy of a car, <laughs> you're going to burn out and run out of fuel eventually and crash and burn. And that's where we have these days where you'll sleep for like 12 to 14 hours. And, and, and right. you know, it's like, wow, I just can't believe I slept so much. Because and, 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 you yeah, needed it. <laughs> and, and people will go on holiday. Um, but they'll work maybe two or three months to build up to this holiday. They'll go on holiday. All of a sudden, their system gets to shut down a little bit and recover, 
And that's where people can then dump a load of toxins into their bloodstream and then they get sick, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. and, and the holiday becomes uh, more of a, you know, your body is, it has tried to reset itself so it can come back and do it all again. And that's kind of, you know, it's a bit of a sad way to have a holiday, really. So it's, it's mm-hmm. common. So, yeah, th- this is what we need to start to look at is what are normal energetic rhythms. And once you get back into a normal energetic rhythm, you find that, you know, you, you, you have energy again and you don't need these things like Red Bull or, uh, you know, caffeine so much. And, or, or to, you know, because co- coffee actually has a lot of benefits, but if you're relying on it to wake up and have energy, then it becomes a crutch and you're just using it. Uh, to get through the day as opposed to using the benefits of coffee so yeah the other thing that really um I didn't realize until a few years ago was was that in fact caffeine the older we get our tolerance becomes less and less and less um and actually the residues will stay in our system so if you're not giving yourself two or three days off per week I'm talking like uh, after 30 35 40 i mean your tolerance is much higher when you're when you're in your 20s but with each decade our tolerance gets less and and we're sort of chugging down the coffees because we think more energy the older we're getting i need more energy and actually we've just got these incredible residues of caffeine so our cortisol is never really shutting off when it should at night because we've still got like all of these this leftover caffeine running around our system and then we're just topping up again in the morning um it's i think it's really important to um as we get older really have a break off the caffeine a few times a week yeah definitely and and it's the type of thing that the more and more coffee or caffeine that you have uh the the more and more you need in order to create the same response and that's the same with you know a lot of things as well like drugs or um, alcohol, um, you know, smoking, anything that sort of raises uh, a hormonal response in the body, your, your, mm. your receptors now need more in order to stimulate the same response that you got before. So if you haven't had coffee for like two or three months and then all of a sudden you go back and have a coffee, you'll, you'll notice um, possibly heart, you know, your heart rate increases or you get heart palpitations or all of a sudden you kind of feel a bit lightheaded and that's because your, your, um, your, your receptors in your body have been able to recover somewhat uh, and because they've not been stimulated as much. Um, and then the, the introduction of caffeine again is kind of just like woken those uh, receptors up at a lower set point. So that, that's where you can experience that uh, again. So what's interesting is that there are, you know, obviously some, compounds and supplements out there that can benefit the system so things like caffeine i wouldn't recommend for anyone looking for energy there are ways in which you Mm -hmm. can use caffeine to benefit you but that's you know not not the purpose of this uh this episode but things like adaptogens you know and these um these adaptogens are more uh herbal or plant-based um things that are found in nature that uh, they can either bring your energy up if you're low or they can lower your energy if you're too high. And uh, my top three favorite uh, adaptogens, uh, my favorite is at something called ashwagandha. 
I use that. It's amazing. Yeah. I swear by it. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. There's... It's great for women as well, for our hormone balance and everything. I love it. Yeah, and um, what, what users of ashwagandha usually find when they first start taking it is uh, more mental clarity and, uh, you know, less episodes of panic or anxiety. You know, these are some of the, the things mm. that immediately people can... Uh, start to feel so you know that's that's an exceptional one that's that that will be my go-to um uh, compound for as or, or adaptogen to to give some definitely um my next favorite one would probably be uh rhodiola and that's it's fairly similar to ashwagandha um but rhodiola is uh, a little bit more uh gentler on the system it takes a little bit longer to um you know to, to have an effect um so therefore it's a little bit more subtle um but that's really good for if you have lower energy so if you have um if you have high energy as in like you know you you, you just feel wired and stressed all the time it's not that good for um lowering that but it's it's better if you're lower then it picks you up so ashwagandha is good if you're either low or high. So that's kind of a really, really good one. Rhodiola is better if you have lower energy. And then the third one is holy basil, or holy basil, should I say, um, otherwise known as Tulsi. Yep, I use it. It's great. I love yeah, it. And that's uh, a lot better if you're stressed and wired. So particularly um, if you're at the end of the day, that's better at pulling you down more. Or, or, or lowering your energy a bit more. And that's also really good for uh, lowering cortisol and um, uh, things like uh, anxiety or, you know, just mental fog sort of thing. So, you know, those are three things that I've used with, um, with people and clients before. Um, and they all have different applications. Like I wouldn't say that you should take all of them um, because some of them might compete with uh, each other um and you know cancel each other out so really you have to meet yourself where you are i think uh, a good place to start with anyone that want, wanted to kind of balance their system would be ashwagandha um mm -hmm. that can be taken really at any point of the day it's um uh you know i probably wouldn't actually probably wouldn't take that towards the end of the day just in case um you know it acts as a bit of a stimulatory towards the end of the day i I'd, I'd tend to take that whilst the sun was out um yeah rhodiola definitely towards the beginning of the day and then um holy basil sort of mid-afternoon onwards is is fine to take so so you you've um uh you've taken some adaptogens before as you said there kelly so um what's been your yes. experience um well i have taken adaptogens and also recommended uh recommended them to clients too who've who've uh done really well particularly uh with the ashwagandha and uh, for, for um some women uh the combination of ashwagandha with milk thistle which takes which really looks after your liver um is a really beautiful combination for uh women who again with uh looking at energy um and also who are wanting to manage their energy levels throughout the day who are having to work on managing their blood sugar levels throughout the day and i think there are that that adaptogens uh, are really great the other thing that um i've noticed is that we in our quest for looking for 
supplements, we can stock up on superfoods and superfoods. <laughs> superfoods, I'm going to say in inverted commas, because they're not all super and a lot of them are um, marketing how can we say, um, very misleading. We've been misled. Um, and they can be toxic for us. So there are three particular superfoods, for example, that a lot of women will consume thinking that they're doing something really good for their system and, and, and for their body. And in actual fact, they can be severely depleting their energy and their, uh, uh, for example, their disrupting their thyroid gland which is one of our key energy sources so the first toxic superfood soy mm. and everyone has been told for so long that soy is this wonderful thing um, from the early 90s that the whole soy industry took off in particular because it was so handy for feeding animals as well as humans um, and also is genetically modified and so you know super super profitable um the problem with 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 soy is that it's there are absolutely hundreds of studies linking it to immune system breakdowns um and digestive issues um so it the it contains phytoestrogens which disrupts adrenal gland thyroid gland so two of your top key energy sources plus links to all kinds of other nasties like infertility due to the um estrogen but also it's the goitrogens that disrupt the thyroid. So things that you would get from, for example, consuming a lot of soy, soy milk, uh, tofu, etc. So sluggish mornings, dry skin, low sex drive, possibly weight gain. Um, the other toxic superfood that uh, women, we think we're doing something great for ourselves is wheatgrass. Um, and we can't digest grass um because we're not a cow um so again you know containing plant toxins that'll probably make you sick because grass is great for if you want to throw up you know that's why dogs eat grass when they want to be sick um and also uh goji berries um and everyone's having goji berries in their smoothie bowls um they claim that they boost the immune system um, but there's actually no evidence for this. Um, and they are part of the nightshade family, which means that they're high in lectins, which are very toxic allergens. And again, lectins disrupt your immune system. Um, so that's preventing healing. It will lead to uh, a diet high in lectins. So, for example, lectins are basically found in nightshades, the, the, the plants that boil grow at night if you like so tomatoes aubergine um some nuts um wheat grains potato um when you have something like um uh, uh, leaky gut which which is where um the lectins will compromise your intestinal wall is that your immune system has to work doubly hard to combat the inflammation um, and that drains the body. So when it's compromising, when these, these toxic superfoods, these things we've been told are great, they're actually draining the body um, uh, of, of energy. Um, so, um, in fact, there's a great book. Uh, let's see. Uh, Gundry, that's right. His name is Gundry. And he wrote a great book about... Um, 
polyphenols. So if you can reduce your lectins, which are draining your body of energy, and then bump up your polyphenols, which are basically found in dark berries, pomegranate, blueberries, blackberries, acai, cranberries, so have your SI bowl. That's great. Um, <laughs> and the, the whole point of, of polyphenols are they boost your metabolic function. So they're powerful energy replenishers. Um, they will fight inflammation. Um, they will help you with regulation of your blood sugar. So they're really helping to accelerate your, your body replenishing its energy. So if you can reduce all of the nightshade um, plants in your diet and then bump up um your polyphenols so your berries and your and your fruits then that is a way again of um of choosing dietary ways that can help um your energy levels <laughs> mm. just uh hitting on something you said there about uh, polyphenols so one of um my favorite uh, supplements that is part of the polyphenol group is something called resveratrol. And I've been using this probably now for about 12 years, maybe mm. even a bit longer than that. God, time's getting on. Um, and, um, you know, I don't use it every single day. I'll, I'll, you know, go maybe like a month of using it and then a few weeks off um, just because I don't believe that you should take uh, supplements every single day for the whole reason that, you know, you've got to give your body a break in order to get the benefits from something. But basically resveratrol is found in the skin of um, different things like uh, grape skin, um, which is part of the reason why they say that red wine is... Um, beneficial for you however like there is a <laughs> there is a caveat to yeah that. you have to drink an awful lot of red wine in order to get a lot of uh cool. <laughs> resveratrol yeah <laughs> um but the best source of resveratrol comes from uh the plant the japanese knotweed plant and uh there is a story behind this and i'll probably won't be doing the story justice if i have a guess around it but basically it's like an ancient plant that um only grew in japan and um, it's uh, God knows how many years old. It's thousands upon thousands of years old. And it was always said to give these youth, um, youth giving uh, properties. And uh, so that's where a lot of the seeds now come from is this original sort of group of knotweed plants that came from Japan. And that's that's what you should be looking for in your resveratrol supplement that it says that it comes from the Japanese knotweed uh, plant. And so the fact that they used to call it the youth-giving plant, um, it's interesting that now science is starting to prove that this compound, which is part of the polyphenol family, um, mm. so it's a massive antioxidant, it can actually signal a certain gene in uh, your DNA called the SIRT1 gene. And that's um, the, the gene that is responsible or mimics uh, calorie restriction. And uh, if you want to do a bit more research on that, it's called C-R-O-N, CRON, Calorie Restricted Optimal Nutrition. So it mimics those genes, which basically says, it's a study that says that if you uh, have a restricted calorie diet, but it's optimal in nutrition. So basically it doesn't give you a lot of, um, you know, it doesn't give you high amounts of calories, but the nutrition levels are seriously high. Those people mm. that were doing... Um, uh, the study 
they uh, they had a, a much longer lifespan than people that take in excessive amounts of calories. So, um, and and it's, it signals certain genes in your body um, that that trigger that. So basically, it's a little um, biohack, if you like, for the body that can signal mm. this certain gene uh, to produce you know these these proteins in your body that can um, basically give you. Uh, like life or, or longevity. So resveratrol is massively linked to um, lifespan and longevity. Um, so that, that's a really good one. Like it, that, that's actually, uh, I have a list of um, my top 10 supplements and resveratrol will always make it. And maybe we could do another podcast on uh, top 10 supplements at some point. I think that's a great idea. Um, but resveratrol... Yeah has been in there for as long as I can remember, just because the studies that are out about it, I mean, it's, it's an amazing, it's, it's really, really uh, good money, or sorry, money well spent on, uh, you know, if you're going to buy supplementation. Well, I think there's some really, really great uh, suggestions there that we've been through. Um, so I think to wrap up, it's worth, it's worth, kind of coming around full circle to when we were talking about the way we look at fatigue and the way we look at energy and in fact the energy is never lacking it's just obstructed so get curious about where your energy drains are to begin with find the message in what the fatigue is giving you and often you know we don't feel when we're moving at 100,000 miles an hour through our life which is how we live today that's that's just you know, our culture. But when we're moving at 10,000 miles an hour, we don't see anything. We don't feel anything. <laughs> uh, and, you know, life is to be experienced. So there is, there is a, 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 perhaps a, a way of considering that, you know, when you get fatigued, sometimes the purpose is just to slow us down so that we actually feel and drop into our bodies and embody and start to feel again because you know slow is about feeling it's about seeing it's about you know if you whiz through a film in about two minutes you 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 don't see anything but to sit and be with the experience and watch life and actually slow down enjoy experience taste feel the faster we move the less we feel and sometimes the purpose of fatigue is just to get us to slow down so, you know, recalibrate, reevaluate, slow down, breathe and listen um, and, and, and appreciate. OK, your fatigue is here to tell you something. Figure out what it is. Anyway, I think we've given some um, great ideas for some dietary ways and herbal ways that that we can help our body in replenishing the energy. Thanks, Chris. I think that's been really, really helpful. My pleasure. And, um, yeah, please, everyone, check in on our website at www.moderngoddess.co.uk. And also, please follow us at instagram.com forward slash moderngoddessuk. And you can leave comments for us if there are other things you would like us to um, talk about in our weekly podcast. And uh, have a fabulous, beautiful week. And we'll look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye, everyone. Bye.